Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Everybody, welcome to the War Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Telford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Telford. Hello, hello. Why not break down the March video games, eh? Hell yeah, doing? man. You know, it was a really good February, yeah. and I wasn't sure if it was going to start getting a little bit empty in the calendar, but March is, for me at least, shaping up to be pretty good. <laughs> the, uh, the release of something like the Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection is already the thing that's uh, drawing my eye, but we're going to run these things down uh, in order. The first thing that is of note comes on March 5th. That's the Outlast Trials. Yeah. So a soft reboot, I guess, of the Outlast series? A weird old project. This Mm. thing has been in PC Early Access for, I think, a year, and it's finally getting its proper official 1.0 launch, now on consoles as well. And this is like a multiplayer spin-off of the regular Outlast, Mm -hmm. and I don't really, I'm not really investigated the reception to it, but it seems a little bit weird for that franchise, because mm. I'm a big fan of Outlast 1, and even 2. I know that game got a lot of criticism way back when, but I mm. thought it ruled. I think the setting is an incredible, really mm. atmospheric. So to then pivot what has been a historical single-player franchise into the multiplayer space, doing this kind of strange multiplayer story where it apparently unfolds the more you play and the more you upgrade your character and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, it's not one I really necessarily want to spend too much time on. It's one I'm intrigued by, but it's a strange pivot for the franchise. Yeah, it's worth just, just mentioning that um, Outlast was such a big deal back in 2014, then yeah. the sequel was kind of overlooked, even though like it's absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the most terrifying at- atmospheric horrors around, um, and this is a little bit of a pivot for the series. Next thing down is on March 8th, WWE 2K24. Well, it was just a little, you get to buy it. I'm not going to, well, he's the thing. He's the thing, Scott Tillman. Let uh, me talk to you about my recent uh, running. I think we're all in a bit of a thing. Wrestling. Yeah. I think wrestling is is in the news uh-huh. at this moment in time, you know. Who does people think is going to win, Cody or Roman Reigns? Exactly, right. I've never watched, actually, that's a lie. I've watched Roman Reigns wrestle, but before he rebooted his character and mm. turned heel and had his big comeback and became yes. this uh, the tribal chief character, and I've never seen Cody Rhodes wrestle, neither in WWE oh, okay. or AEW. So explain to me why I care so much about this storyline, why I was watching the WWE live stream um, that they did for the WrestleMania yes. press event for whatever reason. And I don't think it's just because we're in a wrestling office where the boys talk about it all the time downstairs <laughs> because that's been the case for seven years. Uh-huh. There's something about the storyline that's ongoing and more importantly to me anyway, mm-hmm. the backstage 
politicking yes. from The Rock returning yes. and the potential um, story changes by the board members and what's going on with the business. Like, that's always been a... Like, how wrestling is produced has always been way more fascinating to me personally mm. than the actual wrestling itself. So I've not really right. even watched many in-ring performances over the past two decades. That said, I will play the WWE game because... <laughs> I love in-ring performances in video games. If we go back to, you know, SmackDown, here comes the pain, yeah, shut man. your mouth. Um, SmackDown versus Raw, like, I loved those games growing up. Uh -huh. And I've always wanted to get back in, and I've always wondered when's the time, right? The last two games have been great. That's it. Yeah. 2K23 was really well-received, as far as I'm aware. That's yep. currently, or it was in the PlayStation sale. I almost bought that, but I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll wait till a new game comes out well, and they, figure out what that's about. The whole thing, I, the thing is, everyone let us know what they think down in the whether you've been drawn back into wrestling because of how big this story is. I think The Rock did turn a lot of eyeballs. Obviously, there's all the stuff with Vince McMahon. There's oh, yeah. all the stuff um, in regards to how the company's being run, the changeover, the buyout with TKO. Like, there's a lot of things going on over there. And uh, I think that's made people go, like, I used to love wrestling yeah. back in the day. Oh, the, the Rock's doing a thing again. I'll see what he's doing. Um, and the idea of uh, Roman Reigns' title reign coming to an end after like a thousand, 1,300 days or something. And the fact that you had Cody fight him, fought, fought him rather last year yeah. and lost in a really cheap, stupid way. Um, I think a lot of factors have come together to make people go like, I am curious about said big sports event. Yes. It reminds me of when um, Conor McGregor fought Mayweather. Yeah. And even if you weren't necessarily like a, a boxer or a UFC person, you knew about it. You knew it was coming up. And WWE go hard on their marketing as well. Like the average person has heard of John Cena, Roman Reigns. They kind of know these people. Um, which is all to say that the game at the heart of it on the cover for this thing is finish the story, which yeah. is Cody's whole thing about getting a title, um, which you can argue has kind of given away the fact that he's going to win. But um, he does need to win. Um, well, that's why, yeah. again, not to turn this into just a wrestling podcast. Please subscribe that, to the wrestling podcast. Please do. That all of them have talked about before. But that's another reason I was fascinated by the game, right? Because yeah. like you said, you know, it was it was Cody Rhodes is on the cover. It's him finishing the story. While at the same time, you had the threat of that being derailed in the actual show itself mm -hmm. by the politicking and the rock coming back. So it's like, this has the potential to be a mess. And that's <laughs> fascinating, man. Like, what if they diverge? Like, what does that mean for yeah. the brand as a whole? But yeah, I mean, I know you're big into AEW, right? And, All the way. Uh, it just feels like with that kind of competition now, obviously there is that humongous um, Vince McMahon um, lawsuit going mm -hmm. on, which definitely sours the waters, understandably. Um, but with him removed from it, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, when it comes to the game... Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by what's going on with that company and its many branches, including the product and including the game. And mm -hmm. it's like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be a WWE 2K22 situation? Or is it going to be... That was I the bad 20, one, right? 21, because they, they took a couple of years off. Or right. 2K20, they took a little while off and then they came back. And yeah. since then, they've been on fire. They yeah. were spacing the releases out, but now we're back to one a year. Yeah. Um, and so far... The thing is, as well, with these games, it's worth saying that they, 2K, shut the Creative Suite servers off after a year, or they did for the um, 2K22, because um, I just downloaded these games and filled them full of AEW wrestlers, which I know is blasphemous to the WWE fans, but I wanted somewhere to play AEW games, and it ain't fight forever. That game's <laughs> right. terrible. Um, so still, they um, kind of make you buy the most recent one by shutting off the, the creative suite of the previous game, um, which is why I eventually had to pick up 2K23, and I'll probably yeah. end up having to get this if they, or when, they shut off 2K23 servers. Well, yeah, I mean, bringing it like back to the video game industry rather than the wrestling industry mm. side of it, I'm just, I'm intrigued by this game and other sports games at this moment in time because I think we're at like a really interesting intersection where competition is finally 
arriving. You know, we've got the AEW game. Mm. It might not be amazing, but <laughs> that competition now exists, yes. and that will now go toe-to-toe with the 2K series. It was recently announced, I think, or at least it was rumored, that FIFA um, have courted 2K to make yeah. an official FIFA game. Obviously, um, EA relinquished that license. That's now just known as EAFC um, going forward. So for the first time in what feels like forever, FIFA will have competition and um, not just from other you know developers like Pez but in an official capacity as well someone who can go toe to toe with licenses so mm. you're not playing as London Blues you're playing <laughs> as Chelsea you know and that's and it's an interesting thing to be because will these companies step up their game will 2K24 be yes. a copied and pasted game or will with AEW in mind will they be trying to strive for more and mm. not get back to the complacency that they were in with 2K21. That's the thing. And it's also not to spend too much longer on yeah. um, like a sports game or wrestling game. Um, but if you remember that, I mean, obviously we grew up across the um, the rollout of the SmackDown games. Like there was the Raw series on Xbox. You had the WrestleMania series on GameCube. Like um, every year when a new one dropped, it was like, okay, what have they improved? Can you smash the tables better or the physics better? Now that they've got all that stuff nailed down, it is more incremental almost by default because you're you're only really forking out for either the servers to stay online um, or just for whatever incremental roster upgrades there are. In this case, Cody being added as a founder of AEW, now over on WWE. So like, it is interesting that like, to me, it's a, it's a great wrestling game now. Like mm. it's one of the, the best that they've ever had. Um, and I love doing matches on that. They walk a really good line between putting a show on for the crowd but also everything lands really well and really meaty. The animations are really good. Um, and there's a lot of momentum. Like, you can kick out last minute or whatever. Like, they do a lot of things in there that let you think like a wrestler would in the ring. Right, yeah. I think that's fun um, with the kayfabe side of, I am actually trying to kill this guy or yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, I think they do that stuff really well. Um, next one down is March 14th, Star Wars Battlefront, the classic collection. Come on, you need to talk to me about this. Because have you ever seen the trailer for it? I have, but I need to make a confession to everyone here right now. I was never a Battlefront guy. No way. Those games kind of passed me by. Really? I played them very casually at Friends, but I was always more into the single-player um, Star Wars games, perhaps because mm. I never had online, mm. and it was fun playing with bots on Battlefront, but what's getting me into this is the idea of you know 64-player online yeah. battles. That sounds cool. And that was what got me interested rather than the, rather than the games themselves just being remastered. Right. But you were, I assume, big into Battlefront. Bouncing off the walls, I was. I uh, Yeah, I love the idea of taking old games that you don't need to worry about the graphical fidelity side of it. You can just put all of the, the hardware juice into the netcode side of it. I assume this thing will play like a dream. It will play like uh, how a lot of us envisioned a bigger version of Battlefront playing um, before EA took over. Um, and I hope, on a wider sense, I hope that this is a way of getting the actual Battlefront 3 re-greenlit because there was a Battlefront 3 in production mm. um, that would let you go from being on the foot on 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 foot battles to jumping into an X-wing, going into space. Like there's some unreal, there was some footage that did leak towards the end of the 2000s of what Battlefront 3 was going to be before the changeover and EA did their little run, which ended horribly with Battlefront 2, even yeah. though they did save it eventually. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of taking old games and making them run better than ever. Um, you know, the online multiplayer for the Jedi Knight games is brilliant and it always was. That's back online now. Um, and it's just, it's good to have those experiences. Um, old school Battlefront was always like notably chaotic and at the yeah. time it felt great. 
I don't know how the third person shooting is going to feel now. And um, we're talking about something from like 2005-ish. Um, but it, it represented one of those first times that so many people played online in those massive spaces. Um, and I think that'll still be fun. I think if the netcode holds up and everyone can get stuck in and it all just plays well, yeah. I think it'll be how your brain imagines those games, which mm. is what the best remasters always do. You know, we're going to do a whole podcast on remasters, which yes. you should check out on the What Culture Gaming <laughs> podcast. It should be going up next week. Yep, yep. Um, so I won't reveal too much, but I think Star Wars in particular have been doing an exceptional job with mm. their remasters. Like so many games from their back catalogue that you might have thought you would never see again are up running better than ever. Like you said, with the bonus of servers being turned yeah. on in some cases. I was just looking at the um, remaster for Star Wars Dark Forces, which yes. alongside, you know, like the Jedi Knight games, the fact that you have that history there is incredible. Like mm -hmm. imagine if we got that for superhero games that are now out of commission, you know, that mm -hmm. now... You know, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. Oh, I was just going to say Web of Shadows. Cost you £85 to buy it secondhand <laughs> in the UK. Like, imagine if they were more readily available. Mm. And like you said, the best versions of them or how you imagined them looking and playing way back when. I just think they've done a really good job with them while keeping them reasonably priced. I think the Battlefront collection is 25 quid, which is exactly what Tomb Raider was as yeah. well. And that's a cracking price point, mm -hmm. I think, to not overcharge and kind of respect the audience in that way because yeah. you're getting these classic games and you're not getting uh, the rock star treatment of charging you 50 quid for Red Dead Redemption um, <laughs> remastered, which is essentially just a port. No, I think as well, like if the market is primed for anything, thanks to Helldivers 2, it's another mass online multiplayer experience that is based around large scale battles. Like everyone's going to want to dive in. Some of the best memories uh, or the only good memories of um, EA's first Battlefront were Walker Assault before we realized how horrifically unbalanced it was. Yeah. Um, but that first time you all beam in and just have a Star Wars with a lot of different from people. Um, we'll see how it goes down. I feel like the Star Wars IP is critically wounded at the minute, but it's, the game side of it was always so much stronger. That's it. Like, the games, I, I agree. You know, Star Wars interest generally kind mm. of maybe waning, but in the game space, I think there's a there's a real desire there. Yeah. There's a real audience there that um, is clearly embracing both the new games, like Jedi Survivor and then the older games and the remasters like this. Mm -hmm. um, next one down is March 18th. Hi-Fi Rush arrives on PS5, where one of the only other Xbox games that's gone multi-platform. We already have Pentiment and Sea of Thieves is mentioned for later in the year. But uh, thoughts on the old Hi-Fi Rush? You know, well, I'm going to completely bypass that question <laughs> and just talk about it generally because I, you know how, I'm a, how I realized I'm a sick console fanboy? Yes. Pentiment came to the PlayStation store and that is another xbox exclusive that has made the jump like hi-fi mm -hmm. rush and i thought maybe i'll buy it i already own an you xbox already own it on game pass. i can get it on game pass i don't know why no. i'm thinking this way in hi-fi rush like i've got both of these consoles and the appeal of them coming to playstation is mm. still so high and i don't understand why when i can get them on game pass you want your trophies maybe it's trophies maybe it's preferring the playstation controller or just you know that being the primary ecosystem. I'm mm. not going to buy Hi-Fi Rush because, to be honest, I didn't uh, love it too much back <laughs> in the day. Um, right. I like that it exists. I think it looks gorgeous, but for mm. whatever reason, I just didn't... I don't know, man. Like I go back and forward on that game 
so much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I think it's the best thing. Other times I'm like, eh, it's forgettable. I did it in like two sittings. It's um, it's beautiful. I'm so glad it exists. I think it's a fascinating follow-up to The Evil Within when you think that it's Tango mm. Gameworks who made it. Um, I wanted a bit more from the music side of it. I got a bit sick of the one drum beat the whole way through, one time signature the whole way through. But I, it's just one of those things, that, to me at least, I'm just glad it exists. Yeah, um, It does look absolutely gorgeous. It's worth it for the boss fights as well. Um, there's some really good inventive, especially visually boss fights. I will agree with that. Yeah. Oh, man, you know what? We just did a list on the best <laughs> boss fights of the generation so far. and some of those yeah so far and some of those probably deserve to at least be honourable mentions I those were sick I will give you that they're no great notes. they didn't beat the 10 that we did pick for the best generational boss fights so far probably not let us know favourite down in the comments below that um, video will be coming out in the coming weeks hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And uh, I forget what we put at number one, so uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, Alone in the Dark is out on March 20th, a much delayed game. A much delayed game. But uh, I forget who's in this. It's like Vanessa Kirby. It is. And that dude from Stranger Things. Is it Vanessa Kirby? It, it is. is yeah, I think you must be right about I that. Think it is. Um, yeah, in, in David Harbour. Um, the whole idea of doing like this sort of A-list reboot of Alone in the Dark, the yeah. idea of being that you can sort of try and command that space again. I remember saying this um, last year, because Alone in the Dark was initially going to come out last year, or it's been talked about a lot, there's a lot of gameplay out there, um, that the Alone in the Dark series arguably deserves more spotlight. It's just yeah. that every few years we'll get a reboot. There was the PS3 one, there was one of them... 
which might have been the PS3 one, that went down really badly. Um, it was, yeah, the yeah. 2009 one, yes. I want to say. And it's like, there's something about whether it's just the IP, the name Alone in the Dark feels like such a strong brand name that whoever the, the, the powers that be behind it yeah. just keep going, we need to make this work, and they just can't. And so uh, we're going to be trying again. That's it. I, I trust, I'm pretty sure it's THQ Nordic mm-hmm. who's publishing this, and I trust them way more than I'm pretty sure it was Sega, who used to own the IP, mm. who did that 2009 game, and mm-hmm. then did, I'm pretty sure, again, can you remember Alone in the Dark Illumination? Was that the multiplayer one? I, I think it was multiplayer. It was right. it was kind of like, a, it was similar to Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, mm-hmm, I suppose, mm-hmm. and it was crap. That came around at the same time as like um, Metal Gear Survive, and it was just one of those, what are you doing with this franchise moments? <laughs> How has this gotten so bad? Because yeah. yeah, I fully agree, you know, Alone in the Dark deserves more plaudits. I could not believe that the original came out 32 years ago. That is insane. 1992, I'm uh, pretty sure. Again, I'm pretty sure about a lot of things, it seems. you um, should look, People should look at the original Alone in the Dark footage. Yeah. Or we might put it on screen if we have time or whatever. But, like, yeah, the, the way the original Alone in the Dark looks is a long way away from how it looks now. It is. I mean, it's it's a long way away from something like Silent Hill 1 or Resident Evil 1, which came out, what, <laughs> six, seven years afterwards? Mm-hmm. Maybe even less. Um, but, yeah, Alone in the Dark, this reboot... Really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I think having the writer from Soma and Amnesia is mm-hmm. excellent. Soma, I still think, is one of the best written horror games ever. Yes. The themes that thing grapples with, the plot twists, the atmosphere, amazing. I want to see some of that DNA in this. The cast looks incredible. I think, you know, it's it's more of a double-A game, in my mm. opinion, than a proper triple-A, at least from what I've seen so far. Could mm-hmm. be surprised. Um, but I am hype on this. I was hyped for it last year, and I just hope it doesn't disappoint because I think survival horror right now is in an excellent place. Yes. We've got Dead Space back. Resident Evil is back in a big way. Silent Hill's coming back. So why not Alone in the Dark? It's had the time to mm-hmm. cook. And hopefully I've got a delicious succulent meal that <laughs> comes out the oven in March. It's, uh, it makes sense for to hopefully deliver. Like you said, Silent Hill is on the way back, but kind of stumbling. And maybe Alone in the Dark can be the bridge between the next big game. Hey, it's foggy there, to be fair. Well, yeah, they're getting there. Hey. They can't see what they're trying to aim for. Rise of the Ronin is out March 22nd, a game that I feel kind of fell down in people's expectations once they saw more gameplay of it. Yeah. Um, I saw um, Team Ninja Team Ninja Ninja Theory. I always forget them. I one know, of them. me too. One of the devs. Um, saying that the game can be played with up to four people. It's a four-player co-op experience, which I don't mm. feel is how they were advertising it beforehand. Ew. But that would explain some of the arguably ropey gameplay sections they have put out there in regards to the way the animations work. If they're, if combat is more meant for multiple people all attacking at once, yeah. then I guess that's why there's not so much sync up on the attacks and defense and stuff. Yeah, that would make more sense because it does look a bit janky, doesn't yeah. it? Every trailer I've seen, um, I think... I want to be more excited for it. I was so Me excited too, when they announced man. it. Yeah. And then the more I've seen of it, the more I've gone, oh, I don't know. I know. I don't know if this is it. That's it. I want to be surprised by it. I'm not writing it off entirely, but I think I mentioned this when we did our big look at the entire year. It just mm. it, it feels like I've played this game before in a better version of it, a prettier version of it, mm. a tighter version of it, a more mechanically robust version of it. And I could be dead wrong, and I hope I am. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm, it's, it's considering that it was very exciting to see it announced and the idea of it Mm. is so compelling. Just every time I see a trailer, I'm like, this could go either way. It reminds me a little bit, not necessarily in in terms of the content, but a little bit of like Warlong Fallen Dynasty. And like, this is a game that 
is ropey and is sometimes good. And if it's on Game Pass, I would play it. But mm. the fact that it's a PlayStation exclusive and is going to cost me money, um, maybe I'll wait till it comes in the sale unless the reviews are really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like I'm a sucker for good melee combat, especially anything that's in like an Eastern setting. Like I love Ghost of Tsushima. I like the idea of this game. It's just that it has it's it's something where I'm going to just wait for the reviews or wait for launch. Maybe we'll get access to it early or something. Yeah. Um, but I want it to be great. I yes. like the idea of everything that they're putting together. There's also that game that's coming out. It's not Stellar Blade, but there's that other one, Phantom Blade. Phantom, yeah. Phantom Blade yeah, yeah. Zero, I think yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah. That game seemed like it had really, really good melee combat, and I yearn for stuff like Sifu. I yearn for good tactile melee combat. Um, and so hopefully it can uh, come together. I need to tell you a secret. There's Please a video do. I did last year, not just me, but we were doing this podcast thing, yes. and um, I, we spoke about Rise of Ronan then, and for the entire uh, part of that uh, bit, I thought it was Phantom Blade Zero. <laughs> I'm going to confess that now. I did it. If you go back and watch, in my brain, I'm thinking this looks beautiful, looks excellent. I've yeah. turned around on it. I was thinking of the wrong game. Well, you know? Now I'm thinking of the right game, though. Phantom Blade, <laughs> I am excited for. Phantom Blade also looks awesome. Um, on the same day, so Rise of the Ronin, March 22nd, Dragon's Dogma 2, also March 22nd. March 22nd is a big day. It's packed, man. There's another game after this that's also on March 22nd, but Dragon's Dogma 2, one of the most like hidden gems, cult classics, most recommended games of all time by your friend who loves JRPGs or RPGs in general, this guy. which is this guy. Um, I've never actually finished Dragon's Dogma, which is hilarious, after that recommendation, but that game is awesome. I feel like I've owned it about three different times. <laughs> PS4, PS5, Switch. Like I just, I always go back to it. I do a little bit more. I love all the systems that make that game up. Right. Um, and I'm hoping that Dragon's Dogma 2 maybe brings more of like a narrative edge to it, because I the whole story premise of a dragon who stole your heart is fun, yeah. but I, it didn't get me all the way through that game, and I, I'm curious what 2 is going to be about. It's very like sort of <laughs> Kingdom Hearts-esque, that, isn't it? That's a little bit, I like yeah. That. Um, he I just plucks it out of you. He it. just grabs it. Yeah. I never played the original, um, but right. I've heard so much from my friend who was into GRPG, Scott <laughs> Tilford, GRPG, Scott Tilford yes. that it was really, really good. And it's obviously got this massive sort of cult fan base that's mm. developed over the past 10 years or however long it's been since the original came out. And I am hyped for Dragon's Dogma mm. 2. I don't even know why. There's just something about the world yes. and it being Capcom, who at the minute is absolutely goaded in the amount of um, quality products and games they've been putting out. Mm-hmm. I just think it has all the ingredients of something that will get me to buy day one. And honestly, part of me is even looking more... I'm looking forward to it a little bit more than I am Resident Evil, not Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, can't get my words out, Final Fantasy mm. Rebirth, honestly, I don't know why. Well, the combat is way, I was going to say way chunkier, like there's a lot more like heft and weight to the Dragon's Dogma combat, yeah. like Final Fantasy uh, Rebirth's combat is a lot more acrobatic and you're, um, you're a lot more flashy kind of thing, but there's something about Dragon's Dogma, and the original had this as well, where like every class did feel so distinct, and it's like if you're pairing up with people, it's such a great co-op game, like um, it has Shadow of the Colossus mechanics where you can climb on bigger creatures and yeah. like, um, you know, take them down, there's limb damage and like riding like a griffin up into the sky and then managing to take it out the sky so everyone can pile on or whatever. Like there's a lot of cool dynamic interactions with this and it's um, it's something that Helldivers 2 has reminded the world they need. Right. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's a good way for, um, you know, co-op tactics to come together. I think RPGs, I don't know if you would agree, but mm. RPGs now feel like they're having a real moment, mm. you know, after Baldur's Gate coming into Final Fantasy, now you've got um, Dragon's Dogma, we've got Avowed coming up, we had Starfield last year, mm. like single player, big chunky RPGs, no matter the setting, seem to be in right now, and they seem to be, um, you know, selling incredibly well, I saw that Baldur's actually passed 10 million copies mm. just the other day, yeah. and there's a real sort of fan I don't know, uh, um, just demand for them right now. So I hope Dragon's Dogma 2 
hits that same nerve. Yeah, it feels like a um, like a fan fueled project. Like Dragon's mm. Dogma One was like 2011 or something. It's it's quite an older game, um, but it always had so much going for it. Um, same day, March 22nd, Princess Peach Showtime. Beyond time that we've got a decent <laughs> Princess Peach game on uh, on home consoles. Absolutely, and I mean this is more of a you game than me, Scott. Yeah. But if there's one Nintendo Switch game I will buy this year, <laughs> I think it will be this. I think <laughs> it looks quite is, good. Um, yeah, I kind of wish it was um, like more of like a um, a 3D action platformer. I wish it played a bit more like the most recent Kirby um, or just whatever, some sort of like semi-open world type thing mm. where I can explore full 3D planes. I'm less excited about another 2D action platformer. As much as I love that genre, um, it hasn't really blown me away. I kind of wanted a bit more from Princess Peach's abilities than just another um, costume swapping mechanic because right. like, we've got that in Kirby. Um, it just feels like a go-to thing. Like Mario started doing a lot more of that in yeah. uh, Mario Odyssey. And um, yeah, I just, I, I like the idea of finally giving Princess Peach her literal spotlight. Yeah. And I'm sure the game will be charming as hell, but I was I was hoping for a bit more mm. than what seems like quite an easy genre to just do and be like, we're going to do another one of them, but this time it's Princess Peach. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, it's it's, it's a safe bet, isn't yeah. it? And in a, in a, a stopgap year, I think we can officially um, crown 2024 as a stopgap year for yeah. the big... Um, Big three of Microsoft, Sony, Mm -hmm. and Nintendo. It's a good, for me, good final hurrah for the Switch one until we presumably get some next-gen feeling... big major titles yeah. for Switch 2 next year. As we're recording this, um, it's a few hours before the Pokemon Presents thing, so there's a chance right. that the next main Pokemon gets announced, but I think at this stage, in the stopgap, I think the stopgap stuff is is real across the board. I think Nintendo are just going to wait out another year um, and do the Switch 2 next year, which makes me think that the next main Pokemon or something like that will be yeah. pushed until at least next year. What else, like, do they, do you... Do we have anything else officially announced for the rest of this year in terms of big Not with dates. releases? Not with dates. Nah, right? okay. it's like you've got like Metro Prime 4 is still out there. Yeah. Um, it's 2017 at this point. Um, there's like rumors of a new Star Fox. There's um, a new Donkey Kong is apparently almost ready to go, mm. uh, which is uh, more like a, like Donkey Kong 64. There's um, there's things out there, but yeah. like Nintendo is so cagey. Like they'll they'll drop it when they're ready kind of thing. Yeah. Final game in March is Open Roads, a game that was delayed uh, from February into March, which is um, starring Kerry Russell and Caitlin Diva. Um, I forget, I think it's the Fulbright company making this. Yes. The old Gone Home people. Yes. Um, but it seems to be like a, <laughs> like a road trip style game uh, where you play as like a mother-daughter combo. Yeah, I've deliberately not looked too much into this. I just trust the the um, the people who are in it and the people putting it together. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think we actually talked about this when we did the February mm. look forward because it got delayed last minute and it got pushed to the end of March. Yes. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one from a, for a while. I think mm. the art style looks really cool. Like you said, uh, the actresses involved, I I love the stuff that they've been in, mm-hmm. and I hope this is a nice story driven indie. And I'm really into cars at this moment in time, Scott Hilford, for whatever reason. He's specific driving. I think it's Arctic Monkeys did this to me when they released the album The Car. And I started romanticizing the idea of the car and being on the road and doing road trips. I don't even drive, but I like the idea of it. Watch Road Trip and listen to Gary Newman. I might do just that. It's maybe the perfect combo. Hey, what if I uh, do both of those things on different screens and headphones while playing Pacific Drive, which I'm also <laughs> playing right now, which rules, by the way. Build a cardboard box, car rig, <laughs> and, uh, and live your best hey, life. man, I've got the uh, I've got GD7 on VR2 um, because that was a, like a free update. So I might, yeah, I might, instead of buying a 
uh, racing wheel because one, I don't have the money. Mm. Two, my flat's too small. Three, my partner would kill me. Um, <laughs> I might just make a cardboard box version. Put I... my dual sense in there. Get my VR on and pretend I'm in like a little tin can. As <laughs> someone who fully indulged in fully indulged in Nintendo cardboard VR, I can only recommend that enough. Well, I always I'm always interested by this. We talked about Pacific Drive the other day, right? Which yes. I was loving. As someone who does drive, you yes. know, a lot. And um, like <laughs> Do you even want to play a driving game? I feel like I do it enough in real life. Why would I want to relax in Pacific Drive, for instance? And I know we're talking about open roads, mm. but um, I'm going on a big tangent here. Like there, you have to do everything manually. Yes. Like you're turning the key. When you described that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well. you're pulling the clutch. You know, you're putting the little light on. You're putting the headlights on. You're pulling the windscreen wipers down. Mm. You're doing everything manually. And I thought, if I drove every day, I wouldn't want to come back and then do this meticulous driving nah, in real life like, uh, in video games. For me, it's definitely what a driving game. Gives me that I can't do in real life. That's why I love yeah. arcade games, like I, I, arcade racing games. Like I love Burnout, Split Second, like even that Asphalt series. I've started getting into a little bit. Nice uh, over on mobile, but um, yeah, it depends what it serves the game. Pacific Drive seems like the full package, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's most of the games for March. Let us know your favorites down in the comments below, and we'll catch you very soon. See ya. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.